Welcome to Joe Meyer's podcast, Talking with Joe Meyer. Welcome, everybody. And what can I say? Happy Father's Day, right? Happy Father's Day. Great. And what way to start Happy Father's Day with Eye of the Tiger, right, man? I mean, come on. Who loves that song? I mean, every dad should be loving that song, right? I know I do. Gets you pumped up, right? So, thinking about Rocky, thinking about him as a father figure, him as a fighter, literally fighting, fighting for his survival, fighting in the ring, something that we as fathers sometimes go through in life, right? So today's podcast will be about fatherhood in collaboration with Happy Father's Day, right? So thinking about today, well, it's probably going to be tomorrow, but I'm going to do this podcast for today, getting it all prepared for everyone to listen to. Father's Day is kind of... One of those days where, in my opinion, it's, I, I don't consider it the most important day. And it's kind of strange because I'm making a Father's Day podcast. But, and, and maybe you'll hear me out here. You know, Some of you out there will say, okay, well, Father's Day is important to me. I, I like to celebrate Father's Day. I like to honor my father. I like to honor you know, my great dad, you know, my grandparent, my grandfather, you know, since they're still a father. But, you know, the truth of the matter is that growing up, although my father was in my life always, he's been there in the beginning, even though my parents were divorced, growing up I would see my father every two weekends, every other weekend. Um, And so I'm going to go over some of those memories with you today, go down memory lane a little bit, and just kind of go a little bit over my thoughts of fatherhood, you know, especially me being a father myself now, you know, so welcome to this podcast. Tune in and listen, everybody. Now, if you don't really have a father figure in your life or have never had one, some don't. Some never actually had a father figure, somebody who they can call dad or uh, grandfather or anybody like that. And, And for that, I'm sorry. I am sorry for that because you truly missed out and I mean that so but right now let's talk about let's talk about that so first of all like I mentioned I am a father I'm a father of a seven-year-old daughter okay so a lot of me as being a father obviously I had to learn on my own I had to basically learn how to be a father because the people in my life, my father, my grandparents, although they were there, sometimes they weren't really there, okay? Um, and that's not a, you know, trying to put them down. To be honest, some fathers out there don't want to really be fathers, you know? They really don't want have the need or want to be a father, you know? They want to, you know, they're, they're, they're thankful that they, you know, 
have kids in their life. They're thankful and I'm sure they love their kids. But some fathers out there don't really want the job of being a father, you know. Um, like I said, my father and parents divorced when I was probably around five. And I grew up with my grandfather, who I refer to as the devil, um, simply because of just the, the amount of torture, um, emotional, verbal abuse that he put me and my sister and my mom through, living through that torture and hell. Um, and, you know, my mom, you know, although this is this podcast is not really about my mom, my mom, my mom um, was there. Um, because she, she wants to take care of us. And, you know, unfortunately that was the way she took care of us because it was difficult for her to survive sometimes. Although I, I feel in my heart she could have. Um, but I don't know. I think in her life she struggled, especially with her father, how he treated her, her stepfather, how he treated her. And there's just a, a lot of bad things that that took place in my mom's life that affected her um and you know and it, it's kind of like history replays itself out you know it it you know although we have the ability to change our history so to speak we have the ability to um do things differently um some choose to do things differently some choose to live and remember on the the times that people have treated us poorly. And unfortunately, I didn't want that to happen with my daughter. So Father's Day, you know, like I said, it's, it's not a day I really remembered celebrating. And one of the reasons I think that was is because my father didn't really care for Father's Day. He didn't really care for holidays, you know. So, you know, you'd buy him a card and he'd look at it. And it was, you know, it was nice and all, but it really wasn't a big deal, you know, to him. We'd probably get him some clothes, simple things that he needed, and that was the end of it. Buy some food. Um, he was never an a uh, uh, drinker. I wouldn't. I was gonna say alcoholic, but <laughs> um, he was never a drinker. So he, his favorite drink was Coca Cola. All right, <laughs> Diet Coke, um, and food. So, you know, we'd get him some food. We get him some clothes something simple and that would be the end of it that was father's day happy father's day it was never about like oh well let's have a barbecue let's go to the beach let's go here let's go celebrate we we were never like that kind of family to be honest with you we were never like that kind of family um my father growing up he worked like anybody else he one of his you know he was one of those people who would go to work work long days come home sit on the couch, or in his case, his bed, watch TV, eat, veg out. And that was his day, you know. Um, I'm not going to say that he never played with us. There were certain times he did. But, you know, when me and my sister would go on our day with him, um, there's different things we would do regularly. Like we would go out to eat. We'd go to the toy store. Um, we'd love to go to Chuck E. Cheese. And, you know, it was kind of like his time to spoil us because we didn't see him regularly, you know. Um, so that's what he did, you know, every two weeks um, would see him. So growing up, my model of fatherhood looking at him would be, okay, 
As soon as we were with him, he would go to his room, sit down, watch TV, eat, rest, sleep, and that was him, okay? Now, that's no sense trying to put him down. That's just who he is, okay? Um, he's been that way his whole life. Till this day, that's who he is, okay? My grandfather, who was living at the time, um, you know, he's a little bit different uh, because... He tried to be involved. He tried to be there for us. He tried to give to us, be a very giving grandfather. Um, he loved us. His his name was Moses, and my father's name is Moses Jr. So, growing up, you know, he would go out and buy us our food, buy us the best food that we want to eat, you know, buy us things too, you know, try to make our time memorable when we were with him. As a grandfather should, you know, um, and so he that that's how he lived and how he personified fatherhood. Now, by far, from what I know, he wasn't the perfect father. I mean, there is no perfect father, as much as we like to think there is. Like, in my opinion, like, oh well, if I had millions of dollars, a big mansion, if I was extremely successful. Yeah, maybe I would be a better father, right? But maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I'll just be focused on money and working and, and leave my kids um, with the nanny and, and go do my own thing while I feel I'm being a good father because, hey, I'm, I'm providing for them financially more than most fathers do these days, you know, so to speak. Um, but where's the love and attention, right? And a lot of fathers are like that today, you know? A lot of fathers... Obviously, and this is, they put their careers first. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with having a career. There's nothing wrong with being successful. Definitely not. But you got to put your family and kids first because in the end, you're going to pay. Because if you neglect your family, by the time you get to a certain age, you may need them. And when they get to a certain age, they're not going to want to be around you because what's the point of having a father who, although they provided financially for them was never really emotionally around right and that that's where the whole problem of fatherhood lies right i i think most many men out there i'm not going to say most but many men out there um they're unemotionally um they're not capable of trying to be emotional with their kids they're not you know, and, and people like to equate that. Well, well, that's just who they are. You know, hey, you know, that's that that's just, you know, who they are. They had a hard life, you know, that, you know, give them a break. You know, hey, you know what? Why should I give them a break? OK. I'll tell you what. My grandfather was a, a piece of garbage. All right. On my mother's side. All right. So growing up with him, he verbally harassed, abused, whatever you want to call it. Me every single day since I was probably five or six years old. Now, my mom was there. She defended us. She protected us, you know, but she also had to survive and pick her battles. But she defended us all the time, you know, um, and God bless her for that. But still, we were under his house, his rules. And he was a piece of garbage to me and my sister for many years until, you know, even almost till the day he died, you know. Um, 
So I don't really have a great impression of fatherhood from him. He also abandoned his family in many cases. You know, went with different women. You know, had different wives. Well, not different wives, but different. He was married and he had different girlfriends, different women around. Kids from multiple mothers. You know, so, you know, he, he wasn't the best father example. All right. Um, but people always defended him. Well, you know, he, he came from the old school, you know, he, he was from Puerto Rico and that's just how he was raised. And I'll, you know what? BS. Because people have the ability to change. And he never wanted to change. Some people don't want to change. Right. Same, same thing with my father. All right. My father could have changed, but he didn't want to change. He doesn't want to change to this day. He wants to be the same person. I, I happen to be, I happen to want to be a different person today. You know, I happen to want to grow and be a different person, you know, um, and I try. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect at all. I fail. I make mistakes. I get angry. I sometimes neglect my family unintentionally. You know, um, and I'm still trying to work through that as a father. You know, do I get mad at my daughter? Of course, if she's only seven, yes. You know, because I know she's only a child. But, you know, she's seven years old and she's very wise in the sense that she knows how to press buttons. She knows how to get away with things. She's very intelligent she knows how to get her way. And, you know, I, I'm non-confrontational. I am not the kind of parent who's going to spank their child. I used to do that. And I felt horrible about it. I used to not abuse my daughter, of course. I would never do that. But I used to spank her. And I just felt horrible about it. Because, you know, you'd see your kids crying. And, you know, I, I would never beat her, obviously. But I would spank her. Um... And to a certain degree it helped, but in a certain degree it doesn't. It kind of messes them up, in a sense. And there are a lot of parents out there who take it to the extreme. They will almost beat the hell out of their kids, you know, to try to teach them a lesson, to learn discipline, you know? Hey, you know what? To each their parent their own. I'm not judging those who are out there who do that. But, you know, you really got to look yourself in the mirror and say, Hey, am I really helping my child? As fathers, we could take it over the edge and, and, and take it too far and, and spank our kids. And how many examples out there of kids being spanked and, and how they turn out later in life, right? And plus, my daughter's a female. Now, I'm not saying male versus female, you know, spanking is, is good for more than the other. No, but with males, it's just my opinion. I don't have a male. I don't have a boy, I have a girl, that if you spank a boy, they're, you know, they, they take it differently than you spank a girl, you know. Girls are obviously more sensitive, more emotional, but if you spank a young boy from a very young age and you keep doing that until adulthood, they're, they're going to have issues, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, to a certain degree they're going to have discipline, but they're also going to have issues about that, right? Because... Fathers have to, you know, 
take a very delicate tone when it comes to daughters, right? And and being a Christian, you know, you always hear the the um, scripture of spare the rod, spoil the child. In a certain degree, it's true. If you spare the rod, and no one's saying beating your child, you know, you're going to spoil them, meaning they're going to grow to disrespect you because you're always going to allow it. You have to find other ways to discipline them because discipline is also important in, in raising kids, right? You can't just let them do whatever they want because obviously by the time they get to a certain age, they're going to run wild and then you're going to have major issues, especially with females, right? I mean, how would you like your daughter getting pregnant at 12 or 13 because you took your foot off the gas with your kids and you decide to let them do whatever they want. We see it too often, don't we? Isn't it a sad situation, you know? Fathers are not around even though they're in the picture and they they let their kids do whatever they want because they want to be their friend. And then how do those kids turn out, right? Yeah, I think they turn up pretty jacked up after a while, you know? Kids need constant attention. Kids don't need constant discipline every single day. They need constant attention to know that you love them, you care for them, you're supportive to them, you're there for them, you support them, you encourage them, you motivate them. Um, <clears throat> so that's very important, right? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so, um, fatherhood. How important is that? Is that when you are holding your baby for the first time, right? So, as a father myself, my daughter was born in January 2013. Life-changing event for my life. Something, I, to be honest, I never thought was going to happen in my life, right? I, I thought I was going to be alone most of my life. I thought, no, no one's going to want me because growing up, I was always told no one's going to want me for my grandfather, you know? And even growing up, trying to find somebody in my life. That was hell. Because no one gave me the time of day. I would try and try and try. And same thing people would tell me is, oh, Joseph, you know, you're a nice guy. I just don't see anything with you. Um, you're too fat. You're, you know, hey, you know what? I'm not thin. I'm not a stick. You know, I'm also not a blob either, but women, some women don't like that, right? You know, I, I get it. You know, I've, I've learned to see kind of what, what women, many women will look for, you know, and sometimes it's pretty co cookie cutter, so to speak, right? I know we're all different, but it is true. Many women want the cookie cutter, tall, dark, and handsome, you know, and if a six pack is in there and nice muscles, yeah, well, that's an added bonus to it, right? So... Me, I wasn't that, <laughs> you know, so, um, but we've seen our, our clear examples of not the perfect looking father, not the perfect looking man, right? So I'll, I'll give you a prime example, right? Homer Simpson. Now, who loves Homer Simpson? Nope. <laughs> uh, or are you a Ned Flanders? Ogly dogly kind of person, you know? Um, clear example of Homer Simpson as being the imperfect father who 
in my opinion, I think clearly he loves his kids. He just tries to show it in a different way. Um, whether that's strangling Bart, <laughs> he, he tends to show more attention to Lisa, I think, in my opinion. Um, but even though he has no way to relate to her because she's so different. Um, but Homer is the doof. You know, he's like the <laughs> the dumb father that, you know, that's a sad example of like what we consider fathers to, to mimic, right? So the fat, balding father who is to a certain degree has his own issues because of how his father... Abe Simpson treated him, right? So, growing up, you know, he was always try to skirt responsibility. How many times has Homer Simpson lost his job in The Simpsons? How many times has he gone and done other things with his life and not be at the power plant only to end up there, finally? Um, how much hair has he lost over having kids, over the stress of fatherhood? How many times has he strangled Bart Simpson? You know, in, in in the time, you know, so it's really like Homer Simpson, who I, in my opinion, reminds me of my own father, just the way he looks and acts sometimes. But um, but just looking at that father as an example. Right. And, you know, he's a lovable father. Don't get me wrong. He has his big faults, but he also has his pluses. You know, you know, he he's. He's somebody who generally, I like I said, really does love his family. I know it's a fictional cartoon, so don't. I know it's not real people here, but the way the um, the writers of The Simpsons and the way they've drawn him and drawn The Simpsons over the years, for the last over thirty plus years, have one, made one thing clear. You know, Homer Simpson loves his family, and even in the last Simpsons movie, you know. When he messed up really bad, he still tried to do everything he could to bring his family back together, right? Um, because he knows deep down, no woman's going to really want a Homer Simpson, right? You know, we all know that. Marge, you know, God bless her soul, you know, <laughs> if she had a soul, you know, she's a cartoon. But um, she loves him. And I, I think, you know, that's what happens early on. You know, she met Homer early on in her life. He looked fairly decent at that time. Over time, he grew he grew fatter. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of think, how much would Homer weigh? And I think, in reality, if he was a real person, I think he would probably weigh like three or 400 pounds, to be honest with you. You know, so, you know, um, he's short and stout and balding. You know, not, not, not a man that most women would really go for, you know. Um, but he has his charms, you know. Um, so thinking about that, you know, what other fathers out there that we could think of, um, Rocky, right? Rocky Balboa was a fairly good father, right? He made his, he had his problems. And I always refer back to Rocky because you look at Rocky who loved, um, loved his son, right? Robert, right? Um, and going into Rocky, what was it, four, four, uh, five, when he's older, right? And they had to go back into, you know, Philadelphia after losing everything due to Polly's mistakes. Um, he, 
made mistakes there as a father, right? Because, you know, when, when he was had everything, he had money, he had power, you know, yeah, he was a great father. He had everything. He didn't have to worry about anything, right? That's the thing about being rich, right? And I'm not rich. Although they worry about other things, you you have the ability to offer your family the best. You have your family to offer the ability not to go hungry, to give them a nice place to to sleep every night, to give them nice clothes, good educations, you know? You know, and I know, don't get me wrong, that wealth comes at a price, you know? But it seems it comes too easy for others, you know? Some it comes really easy for others, right? You know, because maybe they have a good mind and they have they offer something to the world that no one else has and they make millions of dollars or billions, right? We've seen it every day. Look at um, Elon Musk, who has, I think, like five kids already. And then he has one recently. You know, those kids will never go without anything. They're never going to starve. They're going to get the best educations. They're going to get the best of everything in this life, all right? Um, where fathers like myself who are middle class, I'm not poor, but I'm not rich either, who struggle sometimes to give our kids the best, put a roof over their head, because this life is damn expensive, right? So it makes it very difficult to do that. I know I've struggled through these years since having my daughter. You know, it has not been easy. The hardest years were probably between 2015 to 2018 when I had to move back into my father's home um, which is the house of hell the, you know hated that house because I was struggling financially you know I tried to do it on my own and I'm thankful for my father for letting me move into that house you know no doubt I'm thankful for that but it, in my opinion is the house of hell Simply because that house is old. That house has some type of entity that lives there. Spiders, roaches, bugs, termites. Um, it was old. Times there were mice, you know, like any, and I know some of these things are like, well, you know, that's normal for a lot of houses, right? Yeah. In a certain degree, yes and no. Okay, don't get me wrong. But when you're raising a young girl and a daughter and she comes across those things, in my opinion, they traumatize her. Like my daughter's traumatized by ants. Ants, because there was always ants around at the house, right? And we, we would use bug spray, try to kill them, but they would always come back. And ants is something my daughter, is, as small as they may be, She's traumatized by ants. She's traumatized by bugs, insects, flies, roaches, spiders. I mean, this is an old house. And, and in my opinion is that, and I know I'm getting a little off topic here, but that house had an entity that I think attracted those disgusting things, you know. And as a father, I felt bad bringing my family there. Although, to a certain degree, I was there to also help my dad. I helped him. I take care of him, feed him sometimes. Most of the time, my wife took care of the house, cleaned it the best of her ability, even though it was quite impossible sometimes because it's an old house. Um, but we tried. 
and we tried our best. And that house has a lot of bad memories for me. Just for living there when I was living there in my single life. You know, just the depression that took over my life. Um, just having the feelings of like what my grandfather went through when he was going through Alzheimer's. And I was there living through that with my father. And, you know, dealing with that. So all those feelings, memories were there and you know i'm sure they're still there to the new people that live there now you know um but it was hard to bring my family there and that was a real failure i feel on my part because i really tried to support my family financially but what many don't tell you is that when you have a child the average cost is for the first year is about ten thousand dollars okay $10,000 is the average cost, and that's for diapers, formula, wipes, food, you know, all these extra costs that most parents may not realize at first of just how expensive it's going to be. And that's why, you know, if I, was, if I had to go back before I was having my, my daughter, I would probably save a lot more, prepare better. So I wouldn't be so stressed about that time in my life, you know. Um, I would change that. I would never change if I would have a daughter. I love her. Do anything for her. I would die for her. Um, but I would never change that. And I really hope to be an example to my daughter, you know, one day... When she gets older and she has her own kids, you know, I want to be the spoiled grandfather who spoils her kids, my grandkids. Um, I want her to look at me and say, hey, you know what? I had a great father. He may not be perfect, but he tried. He was there for me. He supported us. He gave to us. He protected us. And when she goes one day looking for that special somebody to make a father... I, I hope she finds somebody that is better than me, you know? We always want our kids to do better than us. And I know I'm the same way. I want my daughter to find a better me. You know, somebody who's going to treat her better than I did. Someone who's going to love her and worship the ground she walks on, you know? You know, and, and treat her with respect all the time. And, you know, that's what my hope is, you know? And I can only hope for that. You know, and I can't wait. I'm hoping I hopefully I live long enough to see grandkids, you know, because you never know in this life. Right. You know, you never know when God's just going to take you away, you know, and it could be early. You know, I think of my mom, for instance, she left this world at 56 years old, you know, too young, in my opinion. She she had a long life to live. I mean, I would have loved to see her living today seeing her granddaughter thrive and see her go through growing up but it wasn't in the cards you know but going back to fatherhood you know um, going back to my childhood and my father you know do I love my father? yes does he make me mad? angry? yes has he always been there? no 
Has he been there at certain points in my life where I needed him? Yeah. You know, do I remember spending time with my father growing up? Not really. Not really. I remember times when I was angry with him. I remember times when he would do certain things when we were growing up. So, like for instance, I give you one example. When on the weekends when he would take us to Chuck E. Cheese and he would take us to Toys R Us and buy me whatever toy I wanted to a certain degree. <laughs> um, he would take us to movies. So this is where he probably doesn't get very fatherly. but So he would take me and my sister, who's two years younger than me, he took us to see Child's Play. All right. So Child's Play came out in 1988. All right. So I was just watching that the other day. Actually, yesterday, to be a matter of fact. I watched the new one, the 2019 version, which wasn't terrible, but it kind of blew. <laughs> it was kind of that doll was ugly. I'm sorry. They could have did a better doll with Chucky. But um, but going back is he took me and my sister to see child's play in 1988 in the theater um so i was born in 79 all right so i was what eight years old my sister was probably six all right probably not the best example of a father should do taking their kids to see uh, a devil worship doll uh, possessed doll right so um so that's one of my earliest memories he also took us to see um the people under the stairs. He also took us to see when I was older, Pulp Fiction. All right. And I, at that point, when I saw that movie back then, when it first came out in 1993 or 94, I really didn't understand it. There were a lot of things in there that I frankly didn't understand until I got older, obviously. But oh, I saw The Craft too, the movie The Craft. So as you can see, movies have always been part of my life, right? And I think I mentioned this in previous examples where, you know, he would let us watch movies like Nightmare on Elm Street, um, It, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, all the major horror movies he would let us watch, you know. Um, he would also let us, you know, drink a ton of soda. Um, luckily, I didn't get diabetes, thank God. Um because, like I said, we'd go on the weekends with him. He would go in his room, watch his TV, veg out, and he would leave me and my sister to our own devices, go watch TV, go eat junk food, candy, drink of soda, um, junk. And, you know, that that's probably what led to a lot of my weight problems, you know, and, and, and which I partly, you know, I blame him for. As a child, he's supposed to know better. But in my family, we have our own weight problems. You know, it's something that we've struggled with in our family for most of our life. And we struggle to it today. You know, it's on different parts of my family. It's just not my dad's, but my mom's side too. So there were times when I was angry where I was, I acted kind of spoiled. I loved video games. I remember one time for Christmas, he bought me a game for my Game Boy. Right, and I do remember it's not probably what I wanted because it was a baseball game, and I wasn't really into sports. I wasn't really the sports kind of guy, and I 
took that game and I got so angry and I tossed it out the door. I just threw it out like, and luckily I went back and fetched it back, but I was that angry where I just did not want a baseball game. You know, that's not what I wanted. And I ended up playing it and loved it after a while, but I was angry about that. You know, um, even growing up older in my 1820s, you know, he was the same way. He never changed. You know, I, I had a lot of anger problems going through those ages. I also had a lot of depression, you know, and he wasn't very helpful in those areas too, you know. Um, he just wasn't there in those capacities, unfortunately. So, and I didn't really have a lot to talk to. Although my sister was there, my mom was there, I never felt the real need to go to them because um, there was a lot they probably didn't know that happened in my life. You know, I was pretty much on my own a lot, you know. I needed human contact with people. I needed friendships. I didn't have that growing up too often. So that affected kind of, you know, who I am today. You know, it affects me today because as a father, I want my daughter to have those connections with people. And I let her have them. I see she loves to play games with her friends. They conference call um, with her friends from school. They play Roblox or something like that. Some game. But it's it's some sim game. I don't know what it is. It's a good game. It's not a bad game. But it's just... Um, I don't really know what, what it's playing. But, um, but having my daughter have that attention, having those friendships are very important to one's development. And growing up, I don't remember I had a lot of friends. I, I, I'm going to be honest, I really wasn't that exciting probably. I really was, when you, when you have a child who you're being told every single day that you're stupid you're worthless, you're trash, you know, what child is going to think they're worthy of having friends, right? So that was all due to my grandfather, all right? Um, my father, on the other hand, was non-responsive, unemotional at times. I I can't say, I, I won't say that he doesn't love me. I'm sure he does. You know, he's made certain choices to help us, especially living in his house, basically rent-free. You know, but I, we did take care of him, feed him, take care of the house, make sure he was okay. Um, and that was a job in itself. Okay. Um, but these are all things that I'm trying to pick up as fatherhood, right? I'm not sure what each of you have gone out and done, you know, when it came to your fathers. You know, what examples you have. I would love to hear about them. You know, if you want to talk to me about them, I would love to um, bring you even onto my podcast and talk about them. You know, I'm open to that, you know, um, but I'm sure there's a lot of fathers, kids out there, people my age who have pretty crappy parents, crappy fathers, fathers that are not even in their life, you know, and, and I would love to see kind of well, what what kind of effect did it have on you? You know, did it damage you? Did it make you stronger? Did it make you better? What 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 did it do? You know, I know with with females, father figures are very important, right? Fathers have a big part in how their daughters, I feel in my opinion, react to men when they get older, right? You know, because you always hear those cases of like, well, my father was never around or I was always looking for the love of my father 
And he never really gave it to me. So I went to go look for it somewhere else. I found boyfriends. You know, I went looking for love. I got pregnant, you know, trying to 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 display that love. The, the father of my baby doesn't love me. He doesn't love our child. He left. He abandoned us. You know, there's a lot of stories out there, right? And that's why fathers, you know, I think they have a, a big role to play. You hear about statistics about fatherless homes, um, especially for the African-American community, how when a father's not around, you know, how much higher percentage those men are go to prison because there's not a father in the home to, to be a good father, right? So um, one of the examples of a good father, and this is kind of a weird example, but if you ever watched um, Boys in the Hood, right? So Boys in the Hood, if you watch that part with Cuban Gooden Jr. and Lawrence Fishburne, right? Where Lawrence Fishburne takes his son under his care so that he can grow up to be a man, right? Because the mother, she felt like she can't do it. She can't raise a young man. And so she gave him to him, right? And so he he raised them well, right? Raised them in, well, I think it's South Central, right? So, a very hard situation. And I know, living in South Central myself, it's not easy. It's a very, very poor neighborhood, okay? And, it, you know, and I know it's a little off topic, but growing up in South Central most of my life, when I've talking about it, spoken about it, people tend to get upset. Like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about, man. You don't know. You know, yeah, I know. I lived on um, Alameda and Florence. I lived there. Graham and Florence. There. And that right there in that smack down in the area where there was Compton near Watts. There was South Los Angeles, you know, um, close to Skid Row, you know, a lot of just a lot of what's around there. Okay. And it's mostly um, Hispanic demographics, but the area is poor, you know. I mean, there are some decent houses there. I'm not going to knock it. Um, but but that's that's how it is there. And so when people grow up that way, I'm not saying they can't become good fathers. They can't become decent people. It becomes very difficult to do that. It becomes very difficult. And because you are really trying to fight, survive, survive sometimes out there. Um, because it's not a pretty place. You know, the roads are horrible. Alameda, gosh, don't ever go down that street. Um, Manchester will take you straight into Crenshaw towards the airport. You keep going down that street. Yeah, you're going to end up in the wrong neighborhood. And at night, when I used to drive for Lyft, yeah, there was people that, that you know, it was a dangerous time to go driving around there, you know. And I'm not joking around, you know. People like to make make it sound like Los Angeles is some great place to live, but it's not. It, it, I think, in my opinion, it's some, one of the crappiest places anybody can live. It's congested. It's poor. Now, I'm not going to knock it all because there are probably nice parts of Los Angeles. You know, you know, there is. Don't get me wrong. Right. But 
in that part of town, yeah, you you probably don't want to live in that area, you know, especially East LA as well, you know, <laughs> Boyle Heights kind of area, you know, um, you know, a lot of gangs around there, you know, and they exist, right? I would suggest if you ever watched like the movie End of Watch with um, Jake Gyllenhaal, right? That movie kind of um, personifies like what it means to live in LA. It really does, right? So, but again, I know that's a little off topic, but I was getting on movies with what my father let me watch. Um, but today, you know what? I do follow some of the same examples, okay? They're examples because I love movies. I let my daughter watch certain things with me, you know, exposing her to those things. And as a Christian, it's probably not the best thing to do, all right? As a young age, my daughter loved, I don't know, she had an interest in the spiritual realm of things, okay? Which you really, I know, it's not really a good thing to introduce your young children to, right? But I want my daughter to have an open mind. I'm not trying to shield her from things. You know, the things I shield her from, like sex and things like that, obviously I will not show her those things. But things like ghosts, Things of that nature. She's watched those things with me. Um, some things that I think that are too strong, she'll just, I won't let her watch it. But, you know, she won't even watch Child's Play. I tried, and she does not want to watch those movies. <laughs> Anything with scary dolls in it, she's not going to watch. Um, she did watch Ghost Adventures, which it's pretty tame, as if you watched it before. There's not really too much going on all the time, so... Um, she's watched some of the insidious movies, which again, they're pretty more suspenseful in my opinion. Um, there are some imagery that's pretty scary sometimes. Um, but other than that, ultraviolet kind of things, I do not let her watch those kind of things. She sticks to her video games. She sticks to talking to her friends. We read, um, books. We read the Bible, um. She has tons of books online. Um, so we, as a father, always introducing her to education, making sure that she knows that that's very important as a, as a parent. Um, I'm not sure how she's going to raise her son or daughter or kids one day, you know. Um, I look forward to hopefully seeing that day. But um, she's watched it. It was, and both of them actually, the newer one and the older one. Um, but even that, she kind of shielded away from because some of those imageries are pretty strong, even for the newer It ones. Um, the first It 1990s, pretty like movie version. Um, in my opinion, there's not really a lot, you know, scary-wise. I mean, don't get me wrong, Pennywise is... A hell of a clown and he's pretty frightening um but the it too the ones that came out recently those are a little bit more graphic and there are parts in there that you know are much more gory and scary and you know i know as a parent yeah most parents maybe don't like to let their kids watch those type of things right but i can't speak for other parents you know I, you know, there, there's other worse things that, in my opinion, that kids see in the 
parents home that are far worse than them watching a scary movie. Personally, me, kids who are around marijuana, kids who have their mom and dad drinking all the time, getting drunk, smoking cigarettes, you know, cussing up a storm. Yeah, in my opinion, those go way against what I feel is good parenting. Okay, now I'm not saying that, hey, you know, you drink a beer in front of your kid, you're an alcoholic. No, I'm talking about the parents who drink and drink and drink and they drink to get drunk or they smoke marijuana in the house and think it's perfectly okay and have that ar- damn aroma in the house because I hate that aroma. You know, I hate it. I hate cigarette smoke, right? I hate kids that cuss, learn cussing from their parents, learn bad words. And I get it, kids are going to learn it regardless. But in my house, we don't cuss. We don't use profanity. Okay? We, it slips out sometimes, but we have to correct ourselves and, and let our daughter know that those are not words that she should be using. Okay? Um, some kids are perfectly fine with using cuss words because that's what they learn in the home. Right? And although I can't judge other parents, you know, I pray that those kids who are learning those bad behaviors grow up and they learn good behaviors and they learn how to speak correctly and how to use words that edify people, right? I think it's important. You know, I think it's important in our family to replicate the real father, right? And I'm going to get a a little Christian on you right now, but it's Father God, right? Father Jesus. You know, he's the ultimate father, right? He's somebody who died for our sins. He died for all our sins. And he's the ultimate father. And I always have to remember that, is that everything that I try to do in my life as a father, I have to learn from him. And I'm, am I in the word of God? Yes. You know, am I studying it? Yes. Am I in it every single day? No. No. To a certain degree, yes and no. And I'll tell you this, okay? So every day, I listen to the Word of God in an audio format. I usually listen to like Dr. Jeremiah, um, Turning Point Dr. Jeremiah, um, and listen to one of his messages, which are probably about 22 minutes um, every day. There's usually a a special message related to it, uh, what's going on. Um, Then I also listen to the Bible, which is just the Bible. And it's listening to different verses that you can go through the year. And you're just listening to it. And then I'm reading the Bible. I'm re- I have devotions that I'm reading every day. Um, I should be praying more. Thanking God for everything He's done for me. Because I am thankful. I'm thankful for what He provides my life. I'm thankful recently this week that He has given me a new job. A new profession to get me back into what I was doing before I got laid off or let go or fired, however you want to call it, um, back in November from my other company, and which kind of devastated me and it hurt me. But he's given me a second chance. And that's what a father does. A father has mercy, a father has grace in your life. And that's really what our father is about. He's about love. You know, it's not about beating your child. It's not about putting them down. 
It's about loving them and knowing that you are sacrificing something for the better of your child. That is why as a father, I said, you know what, wife, Delia, I'm going to go work and support our family while you take, take care of our daughter and be there for her during the day. And I'll make the sacrifice and it's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it because that's what fathers do. We make the sacrifice. We work two jobs like I do. I teach and I work full time. And I was there was even one time I was doing three jobs. I was working, teaching and doing lift, you know, just try to make it. And that's what a father does. We put our sleep aside. We put our own rest aside. We put our own needs aside. We sacrifice. And that's what I think a father is supposed to do. A father is not about, hey, what can I get out of this? Yeah, you know, when we, when we become fathers, um, we have to give up that self. We have to give up, like, what am I going to get out of this? Like, what am I going to get out of this life, you know? You know, we are still going to get things out of life. We are going to get things differently than what we got out of when we were single, right? So we have to remember that. Right? We have to remember that. So it's very important to think of that. You know, but many fathers are selfish. Many fathers focus to choose to do things like they focus to smoke weed, drink, watch porn, whatever it is that they do that is not focused on their kids, right? And they're, you know, like anybody else, I have my vices that. I need to focus on and losing and getting rid of and focusing on getting rid of my anger sometimes. And but you know, anger as a father sometimes drives me and motivates me to push harder, you know, and it's it, it's not an unhealthy anger, um, but it's anger that, you know, to open our eyes. And that's really what I want to do as a father is that open my daughter's eyes, right, for her to see, hey, you know what? This is what you should be focused on as a child, as, as uh, you know, as what. And right now, as a father, you want your kids to focus on school. You don't want your kids focusing on life matters. Like, are we going to eat? You know, how are we going to pay the bills? And there are a lot of kids out there today that focus on that. You know, it's pretty sad. There's a lot of kids out there who have to run from their parents because they're, they know they're going to get a beating for, for something. It, because their dad's drunk or, you know, they're upset about something. There's a lot of kids out there who get abused, you know, sexually, unfortunately, by their fathers. You know, it's pretty disgusting. You know, it's the world we live in. But, you know, you look at examples of what kids grow up, when, grow up to be when their fathers are not around. You know, are they well-grounded? I'm sure some are. Many are not, you know. I hoped my daughter is to be a well-grounded young woman one day and not need a man to make her happy, but to know that as a father, I did everything I could to provide for her. That was my whole, one of my purposes here on life in, in this earth, right? Also to be a good husband. And, you know, I fail at that at times too. I'm not perfect, you know, and I try to get better but there are things as a husband I never learned you know there are things as a, a loving husband I never learned how to do and it's not that I don't I love my wife obviously but there are things that I wish I could do better you know 
I know life is not perfect for anybody, but I think I wish life was a little bit better for me financially, at least. You know, maybe I would have less stress on my mind because that stress does cause things to ripple effect in the father as how I treat my daughter and my wife. And those are the things, kind of things I have to deal with, you know. You know, I tend to over glamorize other fathers sometimes, you know, and I joke that, hey, you know what, I'm going to go find you. Michaela, I'm going to go find you another father one day, you know, and I tell her that. A father who's rich, who has money, who has everything you could ever want. And she says, you know, she says, Daddy, I don't want any other father. I want you. I want you. You're the only father. You're the best daddy in the whole world. That's what she tells me. And you can only imagine how that makes me feel, right? I joke with my wife too. Hey, I'm going to go find you another husband, a rich husband. Uh, You know, somebody who's going to give you everything you want, you know. And she's, I don't want that. You know, maybe a nice, richer, older gentleman who has lots of money, who, you know, so I know it's a joke, but, you know, though that's just because I want to give my family the best, you know, as a father and a husband, right? So, you know, wishing everybody out there who celebrates Father's Day a great Father's Day, you know, eat lots of food, you know, pig out. Don't drink too much. <laughs> well, that's just my opinion. But um, spend time with the family. Make some memories. Take some pictures. You know, remember today. I mean, I still have pictures from my last Father's Day, which I think we went to barbecue place. And I and that was one of my favorite pictures because I was wearing my Bigfoot t-shirt. And, you know, and Bigfoot is something I believe in for all of you who know me already. Um, but it's just something that, you know, I have certain items that I like to wear and, um, to commemorate that, you know, I, right now I'm wearing my Rocky t-shirt, um, because Rocky is one of my favorite figures or, you know, characters, um, because I believe Rocky was a good father. He fought to be a good impression for his son, even though he failed, you know, at at Rocky Five, but he redeemed himself because of Tommy Gunn. You know, he looked, he followed the glory of trying to get back into feeling like he meant something to the world again, and he pushed his son aside. And you see how that happened, right? You know, look what happened to Robert Stallone, right? And unfortunately, um, the real character that played him, Stage Stallone, I mean, he passed away a few years ago. Through the heart condition, right? So that's pretty sad. As a father, I'm sure he remembers that. You know, the real, you know, sliced alone. I'm sure he thinks of that. Um, he has three beautiful daughters and a beautiful wife, you know. Um, so I'm sure, you know, he has those to have in his life. But, you know, appreciate, if you're a father, even a grandfather, what you have. And be thankful for that. Because... Those, those are precious gifts you have. Put aside the anger. Put aside the, the, ups, the, the what you have and try to change and realize that the impression you make today on young children, especially young ones, will have a lifelong impression for those kids later in life to remember. You know, you want your kids from a father's perspective to remember the good things that you said to them the good things that you did for them, 
that you played with them, you took them to the park, you, you, you spent time with them. You know, I know in this day and age, it's hard because internet, media, things take over. But don't let it. Don't let those things take over. They are a part of our life, yes. But remember that you can, you know, change that. You can. So remember that. So I just want to thank everybody out there who's listening to my Father Day message. And hopefully one day when my daughter, when she's older, she'll listen to my messages on here. And I, I also sent out a podcast. Um, one thing I wanted to mention is I'm also on Apple I um, Apple Podcast now. So you can follow me there. I'm here, obviously. You can follow me. I also have a blog on Joseph josephmeyercreatives.com. Um, I think it's josephmeyercreatives.com or josephrmeyercreatives.com. Try both. Um, that's my blog. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. Um, so f- come look for me, you know, um, definitely try to find me, find my messages, reach out to me, say hello, drop me a line. Um, thank you for, for everybody out there listening to this. And it's only fitting that we, that I lead out with Rocky here. I have a tiger, right? So let's just listen for a moment and just just get into it. Just just feel like the eye of a tiger, right? And this is from I believe Rocky Three, right? So one of my memories growing up as a young boy is Rocky. Okay, I was probably you know I was a young child watching Rocky, and this was a man who I call my father here. All right, and even though he's not my real father, but my wife and I like to joke say. Oh, you're watching your father now because I love Stallone. I love his movies. Um, you know, who wouldn't want to have Father Rocky, right? <laughs> so, thank you for everybody out there. His will to survive, right? So many times it happens too fast. I'm a terrible singer, but wishing everybody a happy Father's Day. Thank you. And until next podcast, keep on trucking, keep on working hard. Have a great week ahead of you. Have peace. Stay safe. And know that Joseph Meyer is here for you. If you have any questions, come talk to me. I'm here at Just Talk with Joe Meyer.